Uh, we are in a series here called Asking for a Friend. Uh, we have obtained questions from our church body over the past few weeks. And we've grouped those together in different categories, uh, and, and we get to address them week by week. I love it. We, we talked a little bit earlier about how on Mother's Day, we can't just ignore pain and expect it to heal. Um, in the same way, we can't just ignore difficult questions. Life has tough questions. Uh, the brokenness of this world has tough questions. Theology has difficult questions. And so we want to give you the place to ask those questions. And we're going to do the very best that we can to answer them well. And so today in part five, we're going to answer questions about spiritual gifts and the spirit realm. Uh, kind of almost two separate categories, but they obviously have a common theme. These are, these are things from the unseen world. These are things that, that have a spiritual nature, and we do believe that there is a spirit world uh, that we are encountering on a daily basis. And so today we've got six questions along these lines. I hope we'll have time to get to all of them. I'm going to try to be on the gas, uh, but I want to make sure that I give each question the, the answer that it deserves as well and as much information as I can. If you're just joining us, we have a few guiding principles in answering these questions. We believe that the Bible is God's word. And so number one, when the Bible speaks clearly, we're going to speak clearly. Uh, when, when there's a clear answer in scripture to the question, we're going to point to that answer and we're going to stand on it and we're going to believe it. Um, but sometimes we live in a world that's a little bit different than the world that the Bible was written in. Uh, and so there's, sometimes there's not clear application. Sometimes we have to look to what we call biblical principle. So when the Bible gives a principle for us, we're going to point to that principle and apply it to the question, the situation, whatever it might be. And then in certain situations, the reality is the Bible doesn't talk about everything. The Bible tells us everything it needs to. But it doesn't tell us everything. Uh, and so when the Bible is silent on a question, I'll give you my opinion. But I will do my best to make sure you know that it's my opinion. Uh, you're not going to answer to God for how you listen to my opinion. You are going to answer to God for how did we honor and uphold his word. Uh, and so uh, when it's my opinion, I'm not going to duck the question or say, hey, the Bible doesn't say. I'll still tell you. Here's what I think. Uh, but we'll go from there. So without further ado, let's dive in this morning. If you do have questions, uh, we, we try to do one spur of the moment spontaneous one at the end of every service so if you want to text in questions especially about today's topic uh, feel free to text those in throughout the service if you got questions on other topics text those in and we'll save those for future messages where they where they go in uh, and, and connect maybe a little better but that number is going to be on the screen throughout the service on the bottom uh, I believe left corner of the screen so you can check that out text those in as we go Ms. Steve Yelverton is going to help me at the end of service we're also going to do a drawing we've got some awesome Mother's Day prizes. Uh, we'll have three lucky moms who will walk out of here uh, a little better than the rest of you. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll do that at the end of service as well. So with that being said, let's get to question number one. Does God still use humans as instruments to heal people? Uh, I'm not talking about doctors. I'm talking about someone putting their hand on a blind person, asking God to heal them, and they are immediately given the ability to see. Does God still use people to heal? I believe very strongly the answer to this question is yes. Um, I have seen it. We just sang too good to not believe, right? We just sang about all these miracles that we believe he still is doing this. The, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Um, and so obviously Jesus himself is not walking on earth. Uh, and obviously I have prayed for people and they didn't get healed. And the reality is probably most of us in this room have had that experience too. Uh, and so I'm not saying every time, but I absolutely believe there are times where God steps in and he does something supernaturally. Scripturally, I believe very strong this is, is taught uh, that this is the way it's supposed to be, that there are going to be people uh, who lay hands on people and pray for people and see God move. I want to give you a couple scriptural examples. First Corinthians chapter 12 is one of them. Uh, this famous chapter on spiritual gifts says to this, says this, says now to each one, the manifestation. So who is each one? This is not each person. This is each believer in Jesus. This is each person who has been filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, to each one, the manifestation, and manifestation is, is evidence. So the evidence of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. So this isn't given for the glorification of the one who prays. This isn't given for the glorification of the one who has the gift. The gift is not to draw attention to the person. The gift is to draw attention to Jesus uh, and to be a blessing to all. So each one, the manifestation is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Uh, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. Now, I don't have time to break down each of these gifts in depth, uh, but we believe that these are, are part of what we call the prophetic gifts. This is where God gives someone something to say to somebody, a word. Man, I want to encourage you with this. God showed this to me about your life, about your situation, that, that they would have no other way to have knowledge for of except divine revelation, and it's given as an encouragement. A word of wisdom is, uh, man, when there's a tough situation, God immediately gives the answer to one person or, or spontaneously gives the answer. Here's the wisdom. Here's the revelation that we need to be able to move through this. Verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit. So all of us have faith. All of us can build our faith by reading the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, but some have a supernatural level of faith. Man, where the Holy Spirit has just bestowed on them just a, a, an unreal level of faith to believe God for big things. Uh, to another, gifts of healing. This answers this question specifically. Uh, by the same spirit. So there are certain people uh, who have an accelerated gift of healing. Again, all of us have faith. I believe all of us can pray for healing. I believe God can use any of us. But there are going to be certain people who are gifted towards healing. That God has chosen them and put that in them um, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. So these are the nine spiritual gifts of 1 Corinthians 12. They're not the only spiritual gifts mentioned in Scripture. It's not an exhaustive list, uh, but it is a list of, of supernatural giftings, of giftings that we cannot have except for a touch from the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe here at City Church that these actually come uh, in, in correlation with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where there's a separate experience from salvation. So at salvation, you get the Holy Spirit living in you uh, and empowering you, but there's another experience available to you that you can pursue where God then fills you with his Holy Spirit, where he comes uh, and gives you an extra anointing, an extra gifting in one of these ways. And for some people, you'll see multiple of these giftings immediately. For some people, these giftings grow and develop over time. For some people, they may have just one. God gets to decide all that. That's up to him. Um, but this is, this is what we believe. Um, verse, the, also, I said I'd give you two examples in Scripture. Let me give you one other one. James chapter 5 says this. 
says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. I, I want to make sure that we address this because this is something fairly new uh, that we've incorporated. So back in January, we added this element in our service with a new song, a fourth song, and our prayer partners down front. Dave and Susan, we're our prayer partner directors. Um, well, all of our elders are part of that team. Not everybody on the team is elders. It's a bigger team than that. Thank God we have more people who are willing to step in and, and, and participate and pray with people. Uh, but our elders are equipped with anointing oil. Now, the anointing oil is not supernatural. Uh, there, there, there's nothing magical about this stuff. You don't put it on and man, boom. It, it's simply an act of obedience. It's a symbol, and oil is a symbol of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so it's a symbol that, hey, we're, we're submitting to the Holy Spirit. We're, we're engaging the Holy Spirit here. Uh, and so really it's an act of obedience, kind of like Sheila talked about in offering. Um, and so it's not that the elders have uh, greater spiritual gifts than anybody else, but God's given them a positional gifting, a positional uh, anointing towards praying specifically for the sick. So if you are sick... Uh, and you need prayer for that situation, we encourage you to come down and actually seek out one of our elders. Um, our other prayer partners aren't going to be offended if you have to go to the other side because they're not elders. Like, uh, man, we want you to get the prayer that you need. And so if you need prayer specifically for sickness, take advantage of that with the elders of the church. God has uh, appointed them and anointed them for that. And we'll talk more another time about who are the elders and how do I know who they are because some of you are like, yeah, I've got no clue. Uh, it, it, it's okay if you come to somebody and you're like, I'm not sure if you're in the right place. We'll, we'll get you connected to the right person. Don't worry about that. Um, but it says this. It says, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Uh, the Lord will raise them up if they have sinned they will be forgiven. And then verse 16 transitions into this. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That there's actually a correlation to confession and healing. That, that if we're harboring unconfessed sin, if we're holding on to it, that may actually prevent us from receiving something from God. That may be a barrier between us and God. So it says, confess your sins, not just to God. We confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to one another for healing. Uh, and, and that's one thing I think we don't do very well in the Protestant church. This is something I think the Catholic church does better than us. They have a built-in mechanism for confession. Where they miss it is they make it, you got to go to the leader. Uh, that's not biblical. You don't have to come to me to confess your sins. They, I'm not special. Uh, I'm, I'm just a guy that God's put in a position. There, there's nothing about, I can't forgive your sins. Only God can forgive your sins. But the church, the body of Christ, the people of God have been given this ability by God that, man, when we confess to each other, it opens the door to healing. Look at this. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So biblically, I believe very strongly that, that healing is something that's supposed to be continuing. Uh, there, are, there are people who believe in what they call cessationism, that the spiritual gifts ended, they died out with the apostles, these were only for the apostles. I don't see biblical evidence of that. Um, I, I know that we may be able to point to history, and hey, it seems like these things stopped happening. Um, I believe when we choose history or the Word of God, I'm always going to charge the Word of God. Um, and, and the Word, I think, makes it pretty clear in multiple places, in multiple ways, that these things are expected to be operating in the church. Now, I have seen people receive healing. I have heard incredible stories, especially on the mission field. There's something, I think, about the faith uh, uh, that when, when Jesus first shared with people, man, they, they just believe. 
They just have childlike faith. And sometimes we've been around too long and we've been jaded and we've seen prayers not answered and our faith starts to diminish. Uh, and, and so a lot of times, man, those who are, who are just receiving Christ, they have a faith for big things. So I say, let's stretch our faith. I mean, let's believe God for big things. And I do believe that God still uses people to heal. Question two, uh, similar lines, asking for, well, me. Ha, this was texted to me. Uh, what do you tell people when they say good things, healings, etc., are just coincidence and not God? So that's the other side, right? We do see people get healed. Um, this individual had, had seen a supernatural healing that she believed she, she was praying for. She was standing before God for this person in her life. And it happened. Uh, he, he was supposed to go in for this emergency surgery, and he got there, and everything had cleared up, and he didn't need surgery anymore. Uh, and this person thought, no, just coincidence. It just happened. She's like, no, I was praying for you. I was asking God for this. I don't know why I just snorted, but it just happened, and you saw it. You were here for it. Mother's Day 2023, a day to remember. Uh, she got, she's like, why, why won't he believe this? What do you say? I don't have a perfect answer, and I certainly don't have a biblical answer to this. Uh, what I would tell someone in this situation is this. You can believe what you want to believe, but here's what you need to know. I went before God for you, for this situation. I asked God specifically for this to happen, and it did. This week, at the time, it needed to happen. So I believe with all my heart that that was God answering my prayer. And you can tell me what you want. You can believe what you want. That's between you and God. But I want you to know that God loves you, that God sees your pain. And even though you may not believe in him, even though you may be far from him right now, he just did something awesome in your life to reveal himself to you. Don't miss it. Don't miss the love that he's trying to pour out on you. That's what I would tell somebody in this situation. Um, now, if it was your testimony and they tried to tell you that God didn't do that for you, um, I would just shake that off, right? Like, you know what God did for you. You know what God did in your life. You, you know, we stay in Revelation 2011. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So don't let anybody discourage your testimony. Don't, don't let anybody discourage that. But if it's their story, I just say, hey, here's what I believe. Here's what I've been praying for. Here's what I think God just did in your life, and, and leave it in their court. Question three, uh, do you, this is a personal question for me, do you have any gifts or know anyone that has special gifts like prophecy, etc.? This is submitted by one of our teenagers. Uh, so... Jeopardy music, right? Pastor Troy, do you have any special gifts? Um, I don't know if I have any special gifts. Um, I, I would say this. Uh, number one, I, I definitely have the gift of a, what we would call a prayer language, uh, the ability to speak in tongues, to, to build myself up, to go before God. Um, it's, it's one that I try to use on a regular basis. When we get to pray in the spirit, uh, which is what we would call it, we get to access and pray God's perfect will because I don't know what I'm praying Man, uh, I don't know about you guys, this year has been, this year maybe has been worse than 2020 for me, and I didn't know that was even, like, possible. Um, this year has been insane, like, just absolutely insane on a lot of levels. I am so grateful that I get to pray God's perfect will. Um, I'm so grateful that, that when I don't know a situation is coming, God does. And he's gone before me into it. And he's gone before me for my family and that I can tap into that. So that's, that's one that I exercise on a regular basis. I, I do believe that I've 
have at times been able to move in, in some prophetic manners. Um, I, I know God has given me words of knowledge in moments, and especially for me when it happens is when I'm praying for somebody, um, and God will just lay it on my heart to pray specific to a certain direction, to a certain area, and I have no idea why or what's going on there, and then people afterwards are like, I can't believe you knew. Like, how did you know this was going on? I didn't tell you this. Um, and, and so I have seen that happen. Um, I would not see, say that I'm especially gifted. I certainly would not call myself a prophet. Um, I have no desire for that label. Um, I'm just a dude. Um, but, <laughs> but I do believe that God gifts people. Um, and, and, and I think in those moments, especially, like if God puts something in your heart to, to speak into somebody, we don't always even have to make it uh, this huge deal, like, man, like I have this gift. Just go tell, hey, man, I, I feel like God just wanted me to encourage you with this today. Um, I just feel like, man, God, God laid you on my heart today, and I was praying for you today. I can't tell you how many times I've texted somebody that or, or called somebody and told them that, and they're like, how do you know what happened? Like, how do you know what I'm going through today? I'm like, I don't. What's going on? Tell me. <laughs> I'd love to know. Uh, I just knew that I was supposed to pray for you. And I think that is absolutely, um, that's God speaking, right? And that's not because I'm a pastor. That's because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And he lives in you. And he wants to use you in those same ways. So I, I don't think I'm especially supernaturally gifted in those ways, but I know I've seen God use me at, at times and in seasons. And yes, I know people, I have seen people who are, phenomenally gifted, I mean, on, on a regular basis, who can speak into situations, who can pray into situations, who see God move in supernatural ways. So, so to answer that part of the question, yes, um, absolutely. First uh, John 4, 1 tells us this. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The reality is a lot of us have seen spiritual gifts done poorly, We've seen somebody put something on it and said this was from God when it definitely wasn't. And so when that happens, it's really easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's really easy to say, nope, I'm staying, I'm staying away from that weird stuff. Man, that wasn't God. Um, I've seen it. I've told you guys this story many times, but when, when I was in high school, I had a lady at our church who uh, really, really wanted to be used by God in this way who came and told me who I was going to marry, and I couldn't stand that person. Uh, and it was like, get behind me, Satan. Uh, this is not from God. Uh, and she couldn't stand me either. It was a mutual agreement uh, that this was never going to happen. Uh, literally, the person I, I couldn't stand the most in our youth group, and I was the person she couldn't stand the most. Like, we had this rivalry. Uh, and we were like, no, uh, and it didn't happen, okay? It wasn't like, hey, it was this amazing story, uh, and God turned it around. Now, we're actually friends now. We have, like, crossed that barrier. We're not rivals and enemies anymore, but no, we didn't marry each other. We both married somebody else, and we're both glad we married somebody else. Um, and, and so that kind of thing can, can turn you off very easily. When somebody tells you something's from God and it's not from God, man, we can just... Put up that barrier and say, I'm, I'm just not going to believe anybody. Much bigger and more recent and more serious example, there's a ton of prophets in the church who guaranteed that Donald Trump was going to win the election in 2020. He's going to be reelected. He's going to be president for four more years, and that didn't happen. Some of them are still saying, hey, don't worry, he's going to become president before 2024. Uh, they're still standing on that. And what does that do? It gives a black eye to the church. Here's the thing, guys. Any of us can miss God. Even those of us who have gifts, 
We're not always going to hear clearly from God. We can miss it. But if we miss it, we got to own it. I'm sorry. I was off. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? When we don't own our mistakes and our misses, that sends an awful message to the world that this is all just a bunch of junk. Um, See, humility actually attracts the presence of God. Humility actually attracts the move of God. And if we can't humble ourselves, God can't use us. And so, yes, use your gifts. Operate in your gifts. Step out in faith. Allow God to speak through you. And if you miss it, and you probably will at some point, just own it. I'm so sorry I missed it on that. Would you forgive me? And we're going to do our best to not miss it. We're going to do our best to speak truth. But let's not double down And give God a black eye. There's enough of that going on in other ways as well. Question four. If the Holy Spirit is to point us to Jesus, and he is, why do some people speak in tongues and the interpretation is given as if God is speaking to the congregation? Shouldn't it be about Jesus and not about us? Um, Absolutely, it should be about Jesus and not about us. That's literally what, what I'm saying right here. We got to walk in humility. This isn't to point to how gifted we are. This isn't to point to, man, what an amazing man of God or woman of God that that is. God uses people who are broken, He uses people who are flawed, He uses people who have issues. Uh, so God using somebody is not evidence of how good that person is who's being used, it's evidence of how good God is. So if God uses somebody in your life, it's not that, man, that person's amazing. It's, man, God's amazing. Man, Jesus is amazing. But he uses us. We're God's plan A. In fact, God doesn't have a plan B. He entrusted the things of God to the church of Jesus Christ. We're it. If we're not doing it, if we're not using our gifts, if we're not loving our community, nobody's going to point him to Jesus. We are the only plan until eventually the point comes where God says, hey, if we don't glorify him, man, the rocks will cry out, right? Creation will do it if we don't, but we are the plan. He wants us to do it. He's entrusted us and authorized us to do it. James 4 puts it this way. It says, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Uh, So what's the spirit going to do? It's always going to point to Jesus. Uh, there, are, there are churches that are very Holy Spirit-centric, churches that are very Jesus-centric, churches that are very God the Father-centric. I, I believe a healthy, balanced church is going to be pointing to all three members of the Godhead. But, but I believe biblically the church exists primarily to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit actually exists to glorify Jesus. So if the Holy Spirit's moving in a church, they're going to talk a lot about Jesus. They're going to celebrate Jesus. They're going to glorify and honor Jesus. And having grown up in some churches that were very Holy Spirit-centric, we can get carried away worshiping and glorifying the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit is God. I believe the Holy Spirit is good. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is worthy to be recognized and honored. But we got to be careful because if we're really engaging with the Holy Spirit and hearing from the Holy Spirit, then we're going to point to Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit does. His job is to point us to and glorify Jesus. It says, every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. Let me give you one more example like this. 1 Corinthians 12, we just looked at this chapter a little earlier in it. It says, about the gifts of the spirits, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. King James says, I don't want you to be ignorant. 
right? I want you to know that these gifts of the Spirit exist, that they operate, that you should be operating in them. He says, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to make idols. Therefore, verse 3, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, in order for you to recognize the Lordship of Jesus, the Holy Spirit had to do a work in your life. The Holy Spirit had to move on you and, and, and open your eyes and, and take those blinders off so you could recognize and confess Jesus as Lord. In other words, nobody comes to salvation except by a work of the Holy Spirit. Nobody. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He points to Jesus. So when we have gifts of the Spirit operating in churches, those gifts should be pointing us to Jesus. They should be glorifying Jesus. They shouldn't be glorifying the person on stage. They shouldn't be glorifying the church even with the name. Man, God's really moving at City Church. Man, yes, praise God that he's moving at City Church, but it ain't because of City Church. It's because God is up to something, and God is moving. So we do it for Jesus' glory, for God's glory, not for ours. Verse 5, moving quickly. Transitioning a little bit out of gifts of the Spirit to other spirits. How often do you think the spiritual world, the presence of angels and demons, affects our day-to-day life? There's an unseen world. Is it a few big key defining moments in life that that unseen world engages with us? Or is it consistently, constantly? The Bible doesn't say specifically how often we're influenced by angels or by demons, but I think the Bible is pretty clear. The answer is a lot. I'll illustrate it first through Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, it's going to talk about this famous passage about putting on the full armor of God. Here's how the Apostle Paul prefaces this passage. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. A lot of times we think, God's not going to put anything on you that you can't handle. Oh, yeah, he will. Uh, right? He'll let you go through something. You, he's not going to let you go through anything that he can't handle. Be strong in his power, not in your own power, not in your own strength. It ain't in you unless the Holy Spirit's in you. And that's where you lean into the strength. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So first of all, the devil's got schemes against you against your family, against your body, against your job, against your church, against your relationships. The devil has plans and schemes in your life. Verse 12, he says, for our struggle, everybody say our struggle. struggle. The struggle is real, y'all, right? There, There is a struggle. You know it and I know it. You're in a struggle. But your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers Of what? Of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now that word heavenly there could be spiritual. We're not saying that that there's evil in heaven. It got cast out of heaven. It's saying in this unseen world, in the spiritual realm, there are spiritual forces of evil. And your struggle isn't against people. It's not against that, that awful boss. It's not against that person who comes against you. It's not against that other political party. It's not against those people who live a different lifestyle than you, right? Like so often we identify people as the enemy, but scripture says clearly people aren't the problem. The problem is the force that's moving and working in the people. And so we got to identify the right enemy. Why is that so important? 
Because if you don't know who your enemy is, you're going to spend a whole lot of energy fighting against somebody who can't even get rid of the problem. You fight against people, you can win and still get nowhere. We got to engage the spiritual battle, the spiritual warfare. Some of you saw, some of you probably didn't. Last night, about 9 o'clock, I went to Kroger to pick up some chocolate for my wife for Mother's Day. Uh, and as I'm walking into Kroger, there's a shot fired from a lady who's trying to steal from Kroger. Um, customers, uh, sorry, two employees tried to stop her, an employee and a manager. And as I'm walking in, I hear the shouting and this commotion, and there's a, a man in a Kroger parking lot vest, like the yellow vest, and he's holding on to one edge of a shopping cart, and a lady is holding on to the other end of the shopping cart, and they're yelling at each other and cussing at each other. And I'm like, okay, what's going on, right? You know how you rubberneck, and like you get curious, and you try to put your, like, okay, I got to see this. Next thing I know, she pulls out pepper spray, and she sprays this kid in the face. Now, I didn't know this at the time. He's 17 years old. And I mean, she gets him good. I mean, this pepper spray just drenched his face. And I'm like, oh, snap, right? Like, not what I expected to see on Mother's Day Eve. Uh, and then she pulls a gun out of her purse. Uh, and she points it at the manager. And next thing I know, I hear a loud pop. And people start running. People start screaming. I run into Kroger. Like, all I could think of in that moment was my life and kids. I'm not ready to go. Um, and so by the absolute grace of God, this shot missed. And I mean, I'm talking about this person was me to Carolyn. Like, like it was close. It was point blank. I don't know how she missed. Um, but I believe there were angels at work. I just do. Because not only did it miss her, it missed everybody. And there was a whole crowd out there checking out the scene. Uh, like it was like middle school when the fright breaks out, right? Like everybody, what's going on? Uh, and, and, and somehow this bullet missed everybody. And that could be a really, really cool coincidence. Or it could be the fact, maybe that manager's got a praying wife. Maybe he's got a prayer, Grandma. Maybe he's just a man of prayer. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I talked to the, the boy that got maced. I got a chance to talk to him for quite a while afterwards. I was there for a couple hours. Had to make a written report. Had to talk to a detective. Like, it was a, it was a whole thing. Very, very briefly. <laughs> Somebody told me this morning, I guess we need to start praying more for God's protection for you. I said, either that or thank God that you've already been praying God's protection for me. It's a broken world, guys. And I believe there's a spirit world all around us that we're interacting with a whole lot more than we realize. I love that song, Holy Spirit. It says, let us become more aware of your presence. I think the reality is the Holy Spirit's already there working God's angels are already surrounding you and protecting you. Demonic forces are already attacking you and tempting you and at work in our lives. Most of the time, we're just ignorant of it. And what happens when we put on the armor of God, when we start to become people of prayer, when we start to lean in, is some of those blinders start to come off. And we start to realize what's actually going on 
all around us. Now, this lady got away, uh, but she dropped her wallet. We, we think when she pulled out the gun or when she pulled out the pepper spray, her wallet came out of her purse. And so the police know who she is, and my ex- expectation is we're going to find out today that she got arrested. Um, by God's grace, this 17-year-old was okay after the pepper spray. I mean, he's like pouring milk over his face. In fact, Josh Harris was there. I hope it's okay for me to just out you. Um, Josh told the kid to go get milk. Uh, so I'm in the back. Josh was braver than me. He stayed up front. I ran all the way to the back. Uh, I'm in the back in the dairy section, and here comes this kid. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, grabs a jug of milk and pours it all over his face, like straight out of the milk cooler. Thank God we were at a grocery store, right? Like, yeah, milk. Uh, so got it already provided. Uh, was already ready. So I'm like, dude, how can I help you? What can I do for you? He's like, give me some paper towels. So I'm like, well, the employee just dumped out some milk, so I go rip open a thing of paper towels. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so I might owe Kroger like four bucks. Um, but <laughs> that is a true story. Uh, <laughs> There's a spirit world out there, guys. Why it's so important for us to stay in the word, to stay in prayer, to stay in worship, to stay in church, is that we'd be aware of what's going on. Now, I got one more question to answer, and I love that we get to finish on this one because it speaks directly to what needs to be here. So question number six says this as we get ready to close our message. Do you think voodoo and witchcraft actually exists? If so, how concerned should we be as Christians about it? Um, yes, they actually exist. I don't have time to show it to you in scripture because we're almost done and we still got to do drawings and we still got to do a final question and we got stuff to cover, but trust me for this time, the Bible makes it clear that witchcraft is real and we need to stay far, far away from it. This is something I think a lot of times we don't take seriously enough because we live in a, a very material culture. We believe in what we can see. We believe in a very scientific culture. Um, the, the culture that Jesus came to, the world that the scripture was written in, was a much more spiritually aware culture. There were worshiping idols. They, they were believing there was a spirit of this. There's a sun god and a moon god and a harvest god and a wine god. and all. They, there was a spirit in everything. And so it was very, very easy for them to accept and believe in a spirit realm. They already believed in it. They just didn't know how to identify it and articulate it correctly. Um, we live in a world that we just believe in what we see. And we can think that witchcraft is funny. It's a joke, right? Like it's something, the subject of a movie. Um, but the Bible tells us it's real. I believe it's real. There is a family in our church who has had someone from the Louisiana area who practices voodoo, actually put curses and hexes on their family, um, and has actually seen stuff happen to their family. There's a spirit world, guys. Now, are there people who have a voodoo doll and they think it's all a joke? Yes. And are there people who watch a movie about witchcraft and they think it's all a joke? Yes. I'm not saying everybody who's ever done those things is, is demonically influenced but I don't think we should play with them. I don't even mess with horoscopes. Like, I'm, just 
steer clear of that stuff. I know most people who read them think it's all funny and it's all a joke, but there are people who take that stuff very seriously. Uh, and I believe as God's children, I want to stay as far from darkness as I can. I want to stay in the light. So do I believe that they're actually real? Yes. If so, how concerned should we be about it? Um, it depends on what you mean by concerned. So I believe we should be very concerned about not accidentally participating in it or getting desensitized to it. And that's what movies do, right? Is they may, oh, it's, it's just entertainment. It's not real. Uh, and it desensitizes us. So the enemy wants to make us ignorant of it. Um, so I think we should be very concerned on that end. We should be very careful not to be desensitized, not to be participants. Um, doesn't mean that if you read your horoscope this morning, you need to go home and like perform a ritual over your house to cast out the demon. Uh, but I'd get rid of that habit of looking at the horoscope. Um, I just steer clear of it. Stay, stay as far as you can. Um, but then the question might be, how concerned should we be? Like, should we be afraid of it? Should we be afraid of the, of the dark powers and, and the forces of darkness? And in that case, I would say you need to know this, that as believers, we have authority over demonic things. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, a sound mind. You don't have to be afraid of witchcraft. You don't have to be afraid of voodoo. It's real. But greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. There's a whole lot of scripture that addresses these things that makes sure you know you don't have to walk around in fear. This is not a greater force than what we have. It is a lesser force, but it's still a force. That's why we got to stay close to Jesus. Why we got to lean in to the Holy Spirit because these things are real. Let me give you just a couple passages to help you understand that you have authority over the demonic before we close our message today. Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says, He called the 12, these are the disciples, together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So Luke 9, we see that God gave his disciples authority over demons. Now the argument would be here, okay, was that just for the disciples or is that for all of us? Um, I think most of the time, the things that were given to the disciples are actually given to all followers of Jesus, all, because we're disciples. Disciple just means a follower. Um, but let me show you another example so you know that it wasn't just the 12. Luke 10, just one chapter later. The 72, so first Jesus sent out 12, then he sent out 72. It says the 72 returned to Jesus with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So it wasn't just the 12 disciples who had authority over the demons. Now it's the 72. Um, we see in the book of Acts, followers of Jesus had authority over demons. Um, I believe that you as a believer have an authority over demons. Let's go forward in Luke 10, verse 18. Jesus says this. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. We actually sing about that, right? I have resurrection power, but the miracle that I just can't get over is that my name is written down in heaven. Um, he says, I have given you, everybody say me. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. This is not what certain churches in Tennessee do. Um, okay, we ain't that church. Uh, if you're curious, this is, next week is not bring your rattlesnake to City Church Day, okay? Uh, so, having authority over them doesn't mean that we play with them. It also says don't tempt the Lord your God, okay? Uh, so... Yeah, keep your snakes at home. Uh, we have authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all. Everybody say all. all. 
You have authority as a believer in Jesus to overcome all the power of the enemy. Voodoo, witchcraft, demonic power. You have that authority. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, the celebration is not, look at how much power I got. Look at how much authority I got. Look what I can do. I can hold up this snake and be okay. Dummy. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. that. That was my opinion. That was not the word of God, okay? Um, just to clarify. Um, from the abundance of the heart, right? Uh, Verse 40, Master, uh, yeah, Luke, going back to Luke 9, verse 40. Master said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, but he's not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever's not against you is for you. So the disciples saw somebody else that wasn't even part of the 72, wasn't even one of, they, they didn't even know who he was. We don't know where this guy came from. He heard Jesus speaking somewhere, and he just believed that Jesus was real. He saw Jesus cast out a demon, and he just said, in faith, I'm going to go do the same thing. And it worked. And the disciples are like, no, this is us, right? Like, they're exclusive. Man, we're special. We're the ones following Jesus. They shouldn't be doing that. So they tried to stop somebody from casting out demons. I love how ignorant the disciples are. I'm so grateful. They didn't have it all together. They walked with Jesus, and they still missed the point over and over and over. They tried to stop somebody from casting out demons. What in the world? And Jesus says, no, man. He's on our side. Nobody's standing against Satan that's on the other side. So let, it, let him be. I'll give you one more scriptural example very, very quickly. In fact, you know what? We're going to skip that one. We're going to stop there. I think we have enough evidence here. Um, you got authority over things in the darkness. If you're a believer in Jesus, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have the authority to, to, to speak to the demonic oppression in your life. You have the authority to speak to that spirit of fear that's coming against your child. You have the authority to stand up to whatever it is, the attack that you're facing in your life. You've been given that authority. This isn't God's job to do it for you. Here's the thing about authority. Authority only works when it's exercised. Right now on the West Coast... My West Coast, I'm a West Coast boy, I love the West Coast, but right now, in most of the major cities on the West Coast, they have quit enforcing a whole lot of laws, burglary and theft and all kinds of stuff. The law is still the same, but they're saying, we're just going to let this stuff happen, and stores are shutting down, places are closing. Why? Because the world doesn't work like that. You can have authority, but if you choose not to exercise authority, it doesn't do you any good. And sadly, I think there's a whole lot of Christians that are living their life like a West Coast government. You've been given authority to enforce for your family, for your church, for your city, for your workplace, and we're not exercising the authority we have. And then we stand back and we say, God, why aren't you doing anything? And God's standing there saying, why aren't you doing anything? I gave you the authority. I empowered you. I put my spirit in you. You can stand up to this. You can rebuke this. You can bind this. When are you going to do what I've given you the authority to do? See, the thing about authority is authority can be delegated. And Jesus sits on the throne and he has all the authority, but he said, I'm sharing my authority with you. Are we using it? That's why we got to be aware of the spirit realm. We gotta be aware of the things that the enemy is doing. And we gotta stand against them and use the authority God's already given us. Amen? Amen. Would you pray?